Let's start a brand new series on hope. Somebody say hope. How many of you guys need hope? I need hope. See, hope is like oxygen. When we lose hope, we die. When we lose hope, we die. And, and it, it might not be like, like we're just totally dead. It might just be that we're actually dead from the inside. Are you with me? Have you ever seen a tree that you thought was alive? Come to find out the tree had already died on the inside. Steph and I, um, we are waiting ever so patiently for our house uh, that's being built uh, to move into this house. And at the house, there was this tree. It was magnolia. It was beautiful. It was this huge, beautiful tree. And when we first found the property, we looked at this tree and we thought, man, that right there, that's going to be beautiful. And then when we found out where the house was going to sit and oh, I was like, man, this is awesome, man. We're going to have shade over here. It's going to be a big, beautiful magnolia tree. It's going to shade some of the back and come to find out that tree was dead. It was dead. So it was a matter of time if they didn't take it out. Now they had built the house and I was like, man, we got to get rid of this tree. And so now they're building the house. The, the frame is up. The bricks are up. But the tree was still there. Are you with me? And I was like, I don't want that tree falling on my house. And I certainly don't want that tree falling on my neighbor's house because I'm going to pay for it either way. Y'all with me? And that's kind of like what it is to be alive without hope to be alive. And when we think about Christmas, we just sang some great uh, Christmas songs. And what I love about Christmas is Christmas points to Jesus because you can't celebrate Jesus without celebrating his birth. And you can't celebrate his birth without celebrating what the season is all about. You can't take Jesus out of Christmas. Many people say you can't have Christmas without Christ. And, and the truth is this, before Jesus was ever born, they lived without hope. In fact, if you go to the Old Testament, do you realize that there were several hundred years between that and the New Testament when Jesus came? It was a very dark period of time. And sometimes you and I feel like right now in the day and age that we live, I mean, don't even want to watch TV. Don't even want to get a notification on my phone because we got babies killing babies and we got babies killing parents and parents killing babies. And, and you don't need me to go on and tell you all the things that you've seen even, even recently. And just like back then, it was so dark. I think you and I can relate because right now I think we live in a world that is dark. And here's the problem with, with a dark world. It just seems to stay that way until all of a sudden hope shines through. Now this series, this series, we're going to talk about how, how do you cope? How, 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 do you, how, how do you cope when you don't have hope? Next week, we're going to jump into that. How do you cope when you don't have hope? And here's what I want you to understand, that even in your darkest times, that God is with you in your struggles, just like he's with you in your successes. 
See, I think that God is with me when everything's up and to the right. I think God is with me and God is most um, near when everything is perfect. Do you ever feel that way? You feel like, man, I got the raise, man, got the baby, got the family, got the house, whatever it is. Um, everything is going phenomenal. God is with me. And, and we say things sometimes Christians will say things and whether you're here or not, and, and you're a Christian or not, you know, if you get around religious people, or if you get around Christians, sometimes you'll hear people say things like this, God is good. And then they say all the time. And then, then sometimes people say all the time and other people say back, God is good. God is good. We went to a church where we'd say that God's good all the time, all the time. God's good. And, and that's cool until you're in a place where you don't feel like God is good. What do you do in that struggle? I mean, can we just take any mask off right now? Can we do that? Can we just take any mask off? Can we just be real? Can I be real with you? Because even as a pastor, there are times in my life where I'm like, God, why is this happening? God, why is that? Why did that? That shouldn't have happened. And, and, and we sing the song, man, there's joy in the house of the Lord. But if we could be totally honest, if we could peel back a few layers, the truth is there are people here right now watching online and there are people here right now. And the truth is you don't have hope. Hope died years ago. You lost hope. You can't find hope. You hope to hope again, but the truth is you're trying to cope and you've almost given up hope that your situation could ever change. Well, when Jesus came, that's right where things were. It was at the darkest of times, but to launch this series, I don't want to talk just yet about Jesus. I want to talk about one of his ancestors one of his ancestors. In fact, if you read in Matthew's gospel, Matthew's account, and, and Matthew was a Jew. And so if you ever open up to Matthew and you read Matthew chapter one, and you're like, man, good night. How come all these names? This is like, I can't even pronounce these. Like, this is so boring. Why? Like Matthew one, that was a waste of space. Like they could have started out with, and Jesus said, you know, or Jesus walked on water. Why, why do we start out like that? Matthew one, what you got to understand is Matthew was a Jew. Matthew is writing to a Jewish audience and he establishes the bloodline of Jesus. It's a family tree. And so he establishes that Jesus is the Messiah, the one that the Jews were hoping for, but had not yet seen. There's this verse in the Old Testament, and it says this. It tells us that hope that is delayed makes your heart sick. Anybody relate? Anybody have a football team? You know what I love about football, man? When the season comes, it's like, this, this is our year. This is it. I'll read every article, buy the magazines this year. I was like, I ain't paying a penny on a magazine first year in 20 years. I'm like, uh-uh. And then they surprised me. That was a nice surprise because sometimes when you just hope, 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 this is our year, this is our year. And it's not the year. What, it, what happens is you lose, you lose hope. And I think year after year during this gap of time, people 
kept losing hope. But Matthew starts off, and Matthew brings us to this guy who was pretty popular in the Bible because he was a man after God's own heart. And, and, and when God says that you have his heart, that you're a man after God's own heart, or you're a woman after God's own heart, that's saying a whole lot. Would you agree with me? That's saying a whole lot. And so we find in the book of Psalms or songs, we find a, a song that David wrote when he was in distress. Did you catch what I just said? He wrote a song to God when things weren't going very well. You know, sometimes that's why I think when we come to church, it's hard to sing. I mean, the music's great. I mean, uh, Ryan, that was awesome, man, on keys and Kristen, great job. And I'm telling you what, man, guys, good to guitars and Adam on the drum. I'm telling you, it was phenomenal. But the truth is sometimes we come and we just can't get into it because the truth is this is, uh, this is good on the outside. It just doesn't truly reflect what's happening on the inside. And David would teach us that you can sing to God even when, even when things aren't going well, even when, even when it seems like nothing is going right, even then, would you say even then? So David writes this song and David is in one of the worst places of his life. Now look, 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 I just want to talk to your hearts. Can I just speak to your heart? Some of us are there right now. Christmas is coming, and the truth is, you feel more stress than bless. You're like, I feel more stressed out than you would say, I feel blessed out. Anybody out there real? Anybody? Are y'all with me? Y'all know what I'm talking about? And, and maybe, no, you're like, no, man, everything's perfect. Hang on. Hey God, hey God, you're lying. <laughs> you lying. Or no, things are good, but, but you never know, right? You, 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 never, you never truly know. And, and David is in this place in his life where the truth is he is struggling and he is struggling so much that it's affecting everything. Have you ever been to the place where you have struggled so hard? You've struggled so long. And the truth is, you've lost hope. Maybe it's with someone you've been praying for to come to Christ. And it seems like every Christmas you're like this, I'm going to believe this is the Christmas. My uncle, my brother, my sister, my friend, my neighbor, my employer, my boss, my coworker. They, this is the Christmas that they're going to give their life to Christ and Christmas comes and it goes and, and they don't come. And then Easter comes and you believe again and then Christmas and then Easter. And, and if you're not careful, isn't it easy to just lose hope? And, and when we lose hope, you know what we do? We just give up. We give up. The title of the talk is losing hope, losing hope. What do you do when you lose hope? Or, or let me better ask um, let me, let me 
ask a better question. Let me ask it this way. And please don't raise your hand or speak or anything like that because we don't want to embarrass anyone. But I wonder if it was just you and me and we were at Starbucks and we were just 100% raw and real. And I wonder if you said, hey, this is where I'm at in the area of hope. I wonder where you would be. Like being totally honest, being totally real. Because hope is, hope is um, something that, you know, we, we think like that's, you know, I don't want to get my, I want to get my hope up. So then it might, and so maybe we've learned, maybe life has taught you, maybe, maybe you're praying for that relationship to come back around. And that relationship has not come back around and, and you're living in the past. And so you can't look forward. Instead, you're living your life looking through the rear view mirror, which is so small, but that's the only perspective you have. And you're missing what's going on right in front of you because you're just focused on this. For David, this was the case because David had a son that went wild. And David was part of the problem. David had a son named Absalom and Absalom had a sister who was raped, real life. She was raped. She was raped by someone who was close to both of them. And maybe you've been betrayed, hurt, Stabbed in the back by someone, a business partner, a relative, a best friend. And you say, truth be told, this Christmas, I'm not coming into Christmas with a lot of hope, Pastor Tim, because like this relationship is still, it's still weighing you down. And, and David could relate because Absalom after this happened to his sister two years later, he killed that person, which actually happened to be David's firstborn. And when David's firstborn did that evil, David was upset, but David didn't correct him. David didn't hold him accountable. David didn't do what a dad should do. And because David wasn't the right father that he should have been to Absalom as Absalom kept trying to get daddy's attention. I'm talking to somebody. If we don't give our kids attention, they'll do things that you and I would never want them to do because they're crying out, does anybody see me? I'm hurting. Parents, listen to me. They don't need you to be their best friend. They need you to be their parent. Amen. And later on in life, as they level up and mature and their brain forms, and I'm, I'm not trying to be funny, that that's funny, but until they're 21, their brain isn't even fully formed. That's a scientific fact. So as they're growing, then then the best friend part. But if you try to be best friend now, you're going to mess them up. And I'm telling you, David did not parent. And so now David 
has a bunch of guilt and David knows that his lack of parenting his lack of leading, right? Like Joshua said, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. And, and here's the truth. Here's the truth. Like it starts at home. It starts at my home. My home matters. My house matters. My family matters. My kids matter. My wife matters. and the same for y'all. And if we will start at home and build a strong home, build a strong family unit, and then you got a strong family unit, and you got a strong family unit, and you do, and you do. You know what happens? Then all of a sudden, there is strength. All of a sudden, there's a strong society, a stronger society, a stronger community, but it starts at home. And David didn't do what he was supposed to do. David let it slide, and now Absalom is literally trying to kill his father who's king. And Absalom has gotten David's army. He's this close to getting his whole kingdom. Can you imagine that? And this is exactly where David is when he writes the song, Psalm 143. I want to look at the first four verses and then the seventh verse. Let's go there. Psalm 143. Listen to what David says. You want to talk about just being, just being honest. Here's David. He says this, hear my prayer. O Lord, listen to my plea. Answer me because you are faithful and righteous. Can we just say amen to that? Can we just agree with David that God is faithful and he is both faithful and righteous. Don't put your servant on trial for no one is innocent before you. This is the same David that said, God search me and try me. See, it's easy to pray that prayer when you're close to God, but when you know your family's out of sort, when you know everything's out of balance, when you know things are not going the right way, I want to pray that prayer. That's a dangerous prayer. I don't want God to, I want mercy, not justice. And he cries out, and so he's like, please don't put me on trial, because he knew he was guilty. Here his son is chasing him around the country, trying to kill him. And David says this, he says, my enemy, he called his son his enemy. My enemy has chased me. Now, I don't know what's chasing you, but I would say this. I would say the truth is that every one of us here today, watching online, every one of us here in the gathering, there is something chasing you. And I don't know exactly what it is, but for David, it was a real person with a real plan to take him out. And you know, that's just how the devil is because the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. And the devil has a plan. The devil has an agenda to take you out. And sometimes he'll unleash hell against you so that you will lose all hope. Are you losing hope? Have you lost hope? Look what David says. This is, this is crazy. He says this, he has knocked me to the ground. This is his son. This, this was the son that he used to hold. Burp the baby, wipe his mouth, feed him, throw a ball. 
Teach him how to ride a horse. Look what he says. He says, my enemy has chased me. He has knocked me to the ground and forces me to live in darkness like those in the grave. And then David pins these words. He says this, I am losing all hope. This is David, man after God's own heart. This is King David, the one that killed Goliath. And everybody, man, all of a sudden he went real popular. He got a lot of, lot of likes, a lot of follows. People started hitting subscribe, man. They're like, this guy right here, he's something. He's going he to be something one day, this guy right here. Oh, David. And they made up songs how he was better than King Saul because David saw his, had killed his thousands, but David had killed his tens of thousands. And now the son, he says, I'm losing all hope. This is the same David that in Matthew we read was in the lineage of Jesus. In fact, you can't read the Christmas story in Luke chapter two without finding out that Mary and Joseph had to go back to Bethlehem. They, they had to go back because they were of the house and lineage of King David. Now watch this. He says, I'm losing all hope. I'm paralyzed with fear. And, and I think to jump into this series, we can't just jump in like everything's perfect. Christmas didn't start out that way. Started out real dark. And then Jesus showed up. And for some of you right now, you're like, I get it, Pastor Tim. I'm in that darkness. I don't know if it's a darkness of depression. It was for David. Look what he says. He says, I am paralyzed with fear. He had crazy anxiety. Come quickly, Lord. Answer me for my depression deepens. So if you're here and the holidays don't bring a bunch of joy and peace, it actually seems to pull you in to the darkness because of, and you can fill in the blank. David gets it. And David says this, don't turn away from me or I will die. I wonder if you're here and if you're just trying to make it. And the truth is hope doesn't even seem like a possibility. Can I tell you this? Can I tell you that God sees you and God is with you and God is with me in our struggles, in our struggles. I don't know what your struggles are, but I believe with all my heart, there are people right now and you're holding back tears because this isn't just a message. This is a matter of fact. You think I'm speaking right to you. You think someone told me about your life and what is happening right now. And inside your heart is breaking and you just feel like you're bleeding to death. You feel like you're, you're, you're just gonna, gonna bleed out because you are not in a great place. And you'd like to sing there's joy in the house of the Lord. And you'd like to maybe raise your hand. You'd like to smile and you like to feel comfortable around people. But like right now, that's not even on the table. Depression's at an all-time high. Because of some maybe relationship. For David, it was his son Absalom. I don't know who it is for you. 
Maybe in this last year you lost somebody or you lost somebody's. Our neighbor passed away. And um, had a stroke. My friend Doug made her a, a gift. And she had another one and, and uh, we, we got the call on vacation, Thanksgiving week. Now, now Rebecca's with Jesus. So what are we supposed to do with that at Christmas? What, what? <laughs> you with me? And David, David is gonna show us How you cope when you don't have hope right now we're just in the confession David's not bluffing he's not being a poser he is being truthfully completely authentic vulnerable he's being ugly honest he's he's just saying this is where I'm at and and I don't know I really truly don't know but I believe with all my heart that God was like you know Tim um, there's a lot of people hurting. And, and so God wants to heal. Here's the cool thing about Jesus. Jesus doesn't just slap a bandaid on you and say, get better. Jesus meets you in your struggle. He'll stay with you in your struggle. He'll walk with you in your struggle. He, he will be there with you day after day after day. And one of the greatest moments in my life was when I realized that God's love for me isn't like Wall Street and stocks and trading. It, it doesn't go like this. It doesn't fluctuate. On my good days, he loves me more. And on the days that I just don't have my crap together, God's like, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's my son. His love is like this. In fact, his love is relentless. So here's what God told me. God told me there's some people here that need to pray because you are hurting. This, this is real for you. This is right where you are. And here's the message. Here's the message. God says, I see you. I see you and I love you and I know you and I know right where you are at. And here's the really good news. Even if nothing else, you think I'm, you think I'm the only person struggling with this. No one else would even understand. Like, this is just me. Like I'm crazy. I'm losing my mind. And this is, this is just me. And, and, and the truth is, no, the devil is fighting people like that, just like you, because he's afraid of you. He's fighting people just like you because the hand of God that God has on your life. And, and he wants to stop you. And and, and David says, I'm, I'm, I'm at a really bad place. I'm at a really low place. I, I'm, 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 I'm losing hope. Then I came across these verses. I want to read these and we'll pick up here next week. But uh, Isaiah 40, 28 through 31 says this. Do you not know? Watch, 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 watch. Do you not know? Have you not heard that the everlasting God the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth does not become tired or grow weary. I woke my kids up at 3.30 this morning to take them hunting because I love them. 
Don't judge me like that. They weren't feeling the love at 3.30, and I'm like, I got up at 3. But a little on down the road, they were feeling the love. They thought I was punishing them here. In fact, when I told one of them about it yesterday, they really began to cry. <laughs> you can wake me up at what time? Don't tell Riley I said that. But uh, I said, just trust me, baby. We're, we're in the shooting house. We're there for four hours. We're playing this game called Sticks. I don't know if you've ever played sticks or ever played that game with a kid, or, but we're doing this and we're laughing and we're having this amazing time because I've been out of town for a couple days this week. I got a, three days this next week. I'm traveling. Y'all pray for me, please. Um, God's opened huge doors. I'm, I'm having an opportunity to be in front of the, the pastor of the largest church of America in America, Craig Rochelle. Going to get to meet with him and have dinner at his house and, um, and be there and just be a sponge and, and, and learn. And um, you think the devil likes that? No. My kids didn't like getting up early, but, but as we were playing the game with Riley, we were doing this, we were laughing. I said, baby, was it worth it? And with a big smile on her face, she said, yes. And, and I do believe David said, I, I've, I've been young and I've been old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging for bread. So when we sing, we're not beggars. That, that actually comes out of that text, that you are not a beggar. You may feel like a beggar. Your life may be so low right now that you, you, you're like the prodigal son that's like, I don't even deserve to be your son anymore. Just make me a servant. I don't got my stuff together, God. And God says, I love you. I know you. I'm with you in your struggles as much as your successes. I didn't love you less yesterday. I'm not going to love you more tomorrow. I'm going to love you forever and ever and ever. I love you. I know you. I choose you. I am with you. Watch this. Isaiah says these words. The everlasting God. He, he doesn't become tired. He, he doesn't grow weary. There's no searching of his understanding. He gives strength to the weary. Anyone weary here tonight? Anybody weary? Anyone watching and you're like, I'm just, I'm, I'm weary. And, and it's only December. It's it's too early to be this tired. It's too early in December to be this exhausted. I, I still got 17 parties to go to. I still have gifts to buy. I, I still, and it says this, watch. He gives strength, strength to the weary and to him who has no might, he increases power. Even youths, even youths grow weary and tired. Yeah, on the way back, Gavin was out. Riley was out. Then they got home, took a nap, two and a half hour nap. Even kids can get tired. Watch, 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 watch. Even kids can grow weary and tired and vigorous, strong young men stumble badly. But those who wait for the Lord, watch this, watch this. The word wait there means hope. But those that hope, those that hope in the Lord. In fact, the Amplified says this. It says this. Those who wait for the Lord, those who expect, those who look for, and those who hope in him will gain new strength and renew their power. They will lift up their wings and rise up close to God 
like eagles rising towards the sun. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not grow faint, not grow tired. Are you losing hope? I wanna do this. I wanna take a few minutes. This may be for one, this may be for 21 people. This may be, I don't know. But, but if you need to talk to God, if, if you would even like someone to pray for you, God put on my heart to have a time of prayer at the end of this. So this is what I'm gonna do right now. I want us to stand across the room. Right now, would you stand up all across the room? If you're watching online, you can pray right where you are because God's right where you are. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I'm just gonna just open it up. If you wanna come forward and pray, you can pray where you're at. You can come down front. I'm gonna be right down front here. I believe with all my heart, God spoke. This, this isn't, I'm not guessing. This, this isn't a whim. This isn't nothing like that. This is the truth that there are people right now. And, and this message was like, dear God, you're speaking to me. You are on tonight. You are right where I'm at. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to do one of the most courageous things you've done all week. I want you to take a step out. There's no judgment here. There's no judgment here. We're not gonna think, oh my gosh, that person's weird. No, 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 we're, we're gonna pray. The truth is none of us have everything together. This is a place where everyone's welcome. This is a place where there's no perfect people allowed. This is a place where we're all hurting, where we're all broken, where we all need God's love like big time to help us and love us back to who God made us to be. So on the count of three, if that's you, people already have come down front. If that's you, I want you to walk out, come down here. You may want to pray for a minute. You may need to pray for two, but you can come on the count of three. One, two, give them courage, Holy Spirit. Three, right now, would you step out? Step out wherever you are. That's right. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God's saying there's more. There's, there's, God's speaking to you. Don't harden your heart. Don't try to push it down. Don't try to ignore because you don't want to cry and mess that mascara up or mess your manliness up. You know this is where you are. And God is saying, come, just as you are, come. And do what David did. Tell him about it. Be honest where you are. Tell him. And God didn't come back and chastise David for saying he was depressed or for the truth that he was struggling with depression. He met him where he was and God will do the same for you. Are you losing hope? Have you lost hope? Anybody else? How many of you that haven't come forward would say this? How many of you would say, um, you'd say, Pastor Tim, I'm, I'm like pretty good right now. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not faking, man. I'm, I'm, I'm good. But the truth is there are people in my life that like this message is for them. Like they're living life without hope. Would you raise your hand if you know someone like that? Would you raise your hand? Say, I know I got friends, I got family. I got neighbors like that. Guys, let's get them to Jesus. They need Jesus. They need to know that they don't have to stay where they're at. They need to know that God loves them where they're at. Here's what I love. Jesus came for the, the broken. 
Jesus came for the needy. He came for the sinners. He came for the dirty. He came for the ones that other people didn't want to get close to. Other people would judge. Jesus came for them. Let's do our part. Let's get our friends. Man, this what a season to, to say, hey, come sit with me at church. I'm telling you, this series, this series will help people. This is the time to invite. This series will help people. Next week, and we're going to dive into the, the real and the raw. How to truly cope. What's some action items? What's some steps I can take to cope when I'm, when I'm, I'm living this life and I don't have hope? We're going to talk about it next week. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your heart, your heart. And your heart is revealed in your word and through your words. And we thank you for... David, who was real and raw and said when he wasn't in a good place, God, may, may every person that is hurting right here and right now, may they understand that, that you, you are closer than the closest sibling, that, that your heart as a father is better than the heart of the best earthly father. You love us, you know us, and you stay with us even in our deepest struggles. If you're here, we don't wanna close out without giving you an opportunity to give your life to Christ. Would you give me just uh, about 120 seconds? If, if you're watching online, thank you so much for watching. Thanks for joining us. I'm so glad that you did. Thank you. Thank you for letting me be your pastor. Listen, you can come to church. You can watch online. But when we get to the most important truth, the real hope, it's the fact that God loves you so much, he doesn't want heaven without you. So he took our place, paid for our sin. He died on a cross, he shed his blood he did what only he could do so that you and I could receive what only he could give. Can I say that one more time? He did what only he could do so that you and I could receive what only he could give. And that is forgiveness. And you don't get cleaned up to come to Jesus. You come just as you are. Scripture says if you'll call out to him, he'll come. If you'll cry out to him, if, 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 if you will confess the Bible tells us if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you'll believe that he not only died for you, but he rose again for you, if you'll put your faith and trust in Jesus and what he did through the death, the burial, and the resurrection, that's how you become a Christian. It's how you become a child of God. I'd like to lead you in a prayer. Whether you're here, you're watching online, would you pray this prayer with me out loud? Let's pray this prayer out loud. Would you, would you just repeat after me? And, and you're not praying to me or through me. We're going right to God. Would you just say, Jesus, I need you. I'm a sinner. I need a savior right now. I confess all the mess. And I open up my life. I open up my heart. And I ask you to come in. 
I declare that you're now my Lord. You're my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me and loving me. I now give you my life. I receive your life. Now teach me how to live. In Jesus' name, amen. Look right here, will you? If you prayed that prayer, would you raise your hand? Would you let me know? Just on the count of three, would you just raise your hand? Just hold it up high. Hold it up for a couple seconds. Don't be shy. You just hold it up like this. It's the greatest day of your life. It's the greatest decision you could ever make. If you're watching online, text us. Text us the word Jesus to 866-513-1270. Text us Jesus. Would you just the name Jesus on the count of three? Here we go. One, two, three. Hold your hand up if you're here.